it's, it's the power of story. You know, we all have, that's the most powerful things that we have as individuals. And you combine that with the business, you can become a powerhouse. And that was Kendall Netmaker. And you'll hear more from him in this episode. Welcome to the other 99%. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve Whittington, and I'm your host. According to Economic Development Canada, 99.8% of all employer businesses are small to medium enterprises. Small to medium enterprises are defined as having less than 500 employees. This podcast is dedicated to exploring strategies, tips, and training for creating success as a small to medium enterprise. On this episode of The Other 99%, the guest is Kendall Netmaker, an individual that is simply inspiring. Kendall, as an entrepreneur, has won many awards, as he should. Have a listen to his story, his tips, how he lives his life, grab a coffee, take a sip, learn. Okay, so what is your story? My story, uh, well, my name is Kendall Netmaker. I am originally from Sweetgrass First Nation, Saskatchewan. I am the eldest of three younger siblings, but I was single parented since I was a kid by my mother. Um, We grew up living on welfare, like uh, many people living on First Nations communities, very little economic development. So um, we had to rely on uh, on social assistance just to get by every every single day. Uh, so my mom always sacrificed for myself, my siblings um, growing up. So we were always forced to stretch $5 to try and make it $50. So at a young age, I was always put in situations where uh, we didn't have a lot of money and I had to figure out how we're supposed to, you know, stretch the dollars that we did have. So my mom would always, my mom taught me that indirectly. I would always, I was also, um, I would watch her budget the $200 that she would get on a social assistance check every single month. So I would see her sitting there with a notepad and pen and I'd see her doing these budgets every single month just to make sure that we would be able to survive the next month. So at a young age, I was also watching her budget and, and take notes um, I would see her shorthand writing and how she would be able to, to, to I couldn't understand anything, that, the stuff that she was writing. She had her own little language as a writing. It was so crazy. So I would see how she'd do all these things and it kind of evolved um, after I was able to leave my community and go on to university. Um, after, after university, I, uh, I started this, this company called Nietzsche Gear, which uh, many of you know is, is a company that I'm actually in right now. Um, I'm in the building here talking in it. Um, is it's a clothing company that was started out of uh, a university project and and I had to enter several business planning competitions just to just to have a shot at this thing you know when I was just starting out I never had confidence as, a, as an entrepreneur I had to develop that later on but when I was just first starting it was very terrifying for me because it was a new space you know I was just I was a teacher university trying to become a teacher I thought I was going to become a phys ed teacher and then this entrepreneurial idea came to me I went after it found some mentors. Um, I would take them out for coffee, write notepad and pen, just like my mom used to do. And uh, I would sit there and take notes all the time. And uh, eventually I was able to write a business plan, bought some software, made it look very nice, submitted it. Then I had to learn how to pitch my idea. I had no no idea how to do that as well. And what I did have was some training and teaching. So I would go up to the the University of Saskatchewan and uh, go into classrooms late at night. And I would sit there I uh, put my presentation on and I would lock the door and I would present my idea to no one for like many hours. And that's how I got the confidence to speak in front of crowds. So that's how I trained myself. And uh, eventually I was able to to win some money from the competitions. We we started to buy some clothing. I would sell them out of my one-bedroom apartment. And that evolved from a one-bedroom apartment to a little office, to a kiosk, to to multiple stores. And now we're in a headquarters here today. So that's the the brief story there, Steve. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, want, I want to unpack that. One of the things that I find uh, interesting is the spark that drives people to success. Yep. And you, you tell your background story of uh, your mom making a budget. And then you, you, you self, like to just unpack this, you said, well, I was, I was uh, you know, working and I just had this idea. And then I decided to go after it. Well, that's mm -hmm. that's a that's a pretty. Uh, there's something in there a little more yep. detailed yep. Uh, that kept you going, that kept pushing you to do training uh, by yourself at night, you know, yep. rehearsing. So, yep. what is that 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 spark, that thing that kept you going, that pushed you to reach higher and go farther? Yeah, I think for everyone it's different. Some people go through a negative obstacles. Some people have a life changing event. For me, it was a kind of combination of both of those. Uh, when I was a kid. Um, people, most people know the story behind each year, but for those who don't, I'll just tell it. When I was in grade five, living in my community in Seagrass, I was uh, going to the school called Cut Knife uh, Elementary. And in Cut Knife, um, I had made many friends because I was gifted as an athlete as a kid. I was I was very uh, into soccer, and every recess we'd be playing soccer. And uh, one day, my best friend, who was originally from South Africa, his name is Johan, he asked me why he was I wasn't playing on the after school team. And I had to explain to Johan that uh, we didn't have a vehicle. My only transportation was the bus to and from school. Um, I had to tell him that we're living on welfare. It's kind of embarrassing for me to tell him that. And uh, I told him a bunch, of, a bunch of other things, like I never had soccer cleats, the $50 registration fee, and so on. So he wasn't used to hearing something like that, uh, especially in a middle-class farming community where, where most people are, are pretty well off for themselves. So that, parent, that night he told his parents, and uh, the next day him and his parents started driving to and from practices. They, they paid for my fee. And they really gave me my first opportunity to play sports in my, my early career. And uh, I never forgot about that. And then even two years later after that, in grade seven, uh, before they moved away, because his father was a doctor, he was moving to Saskatoon. Uh, they actually gave us a vehicle that was sitting in their driveway. And that was a 1986 Crown Victoria, which allowed my mom to drive myself, my three younger sisters, to play sports, become involved in after-school activities, which then evolved into me going to university eventually. So it was, uh, it was that story where at the end of my university career, I was always into fashion. Um, I was always into sports fashion in particular. I liked like wearing wearing uh, Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, all those kind of brands because I was into volleyball. Um, before university, I went to go play some volleyball in Alberta for a few years. Um, I loved playing sports. I loved, I loved the, the feeling of the team atmosphere and so on. So I thought to myself, you know, one day I would love to create a clothing brand one day that would kind of, you know, that's something I would like to wear. And at the end of university, there was the business planning competitions being posted throughout Saskatchewan, throughout Saskatoon. And I thought, here is my idea that I have. I want to create a clothing company, but I also want to do something good too. I want to help kids that were once like me when I was a kid, like when Johan had helped me. How can I combine the two? I had no idea how to start that. All I had was a, a vague idea. And uh, I remember the very first workshop I went to, I, I sacrificed one of my weekends and I went to a workshop at the university and it was an entrepreneurial workshop. I showed up, there's about 30 other people in there, and at the end of the presentation, the, 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 the facilitator, I don't know who his name was, um, he, he went around the, the room and said, okay, I want you to all tell me your idea in about a minute or less. So we all had a chance to, to talk about our ideas, and I was the last one. I was trying to actually find a way to get out of there before my, my, uh, he, he came to me because I was too nervous. So he came to me. I was the only one who wasn't in commerce or, or in business that was in there, just sitting there, and um, I told him my idea. I said I had an idea to... Uh, create a clothing company that would help fund underprivileged kids to take part in sports. And that, that was all I had. And uh, at the end of that workshop, he came to me and said, Kendall, I'd like to, I'd like to learn more about your idea. 
So that said something. That gave me some confidence that day, and I just kept going from there. And uh, I started competing. I started learning about business, and I started. I had this, you know, drive for success after that. And I, I started. I slowly developed confidence over time uh, through mentors, through 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 other business students, and so on. Um, that would instill little bits of confidence in me because I was just terrified. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, even with 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 the entrepreneurship, when I when we started selling out of my one bedroom apartment, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going with it. But thankfully, there was there was programs like even like Square One downtown that used to be called uh, Canada InfoSource, I think. Like that that used to, it was rebranded. So they were very influential in, in helping with me with you know taking care of bookkeeping taxes. I had no idea how to do all that. So little things like that have big. big have made a big impact in my uh, my early success, so I can learn how to become a businessman. Again, you uh, you <laughs> thrown out a lot of stuff there. I, I'm going to summarize here from what I heard. Yep. So, to me, what you your spark was, you had uh, a combination of two passions for sports uh, and for uh, sports fashion, and that with a desire to help your community gave you the momentum to keep going through all the hardships uh, of starting a of starting a business would that would that summarize things yeah pretty much so yeah definitely there was there was there was always a there was always a greater mission than I, and I was taught by my mom uh, the way I was grew up uh, if, if we didn't struggle when I was a kid that that mission wouldn't have came about in my mind to even apply to a clothing company um, and we probably wouldn't even be here today you know, it was that mission uh, that really helped sustain us and to, to make us different from other people, uh, combined with my own story into the brand, which kind of made it a something that can't be touched right now. You know, it's no one else can really can can really uh, it's, it's the power of story. You know, we all have that's the most powerful things that we have as individuals. And you combine that with the business, you can become a powerhouse. Yeah, I I look at a lot of different organizations, and so when we're looking at your your start, you had uh, passion, and then you combine that with purpose, and you've started talking about people. And uh, if I can uh, be so bold as to say, there's five P's to a successful business: purpose, passion, people, process, which then equals uh, when you master your process, then you uh, rake in the profits. Uh, so let's uh, let's get moving on to the keys uh, to success at launching business. You started talking about having a lot of mentors uh, yep. that helped you, and then winning uh, uh, the courage to enter business competitions. And after you sort of got over those initial hurdles, uh, yep. can you sort of codify the keys to success at uh, getting the business off the ground? Man, yeah. So I, I think the first one is you just have to decide that this is what you want to do. You know, in any any life decision, whether it's life and business, you have to decide that this is what you want to do, and you have to commit to it mentally, and you have to you have to force yourself to to make the commitment. So many people they wander in life and they wonder why things aren't working that what aren't working out for themselves. It's because they haven't decided what they want. And at, when I was in university, I, I decided that this is what I was going to do. In 2011 was, was was a hard year for myself because myself, my wife, uh, who was who was a full-time student at the university, we were living off our student loans. I just finished university. I, I was trying to make Nietzsche, you know, launch off the ground. I didn't know what was going to happen, and without her support, it probably wouldn't have happened. Because if one day I told her I was going to go all in, and uh, I didn't know how I was going to feed our son, who wasn't even one years old yet, um, and thankfully, just when, right when we made that decision, uh, she won like three scholarships and bursaries back to back to back. So we had like several thousands of dollars extra just to kind of uh, keep us afloat for three to four months. So that was like 
you know, just a blessing right there. So in 2012, I went all in and, uh, you know, the rest of the story, Steve. So it's that decision that uh, most people fail to make. And once you make that decision, you have to just become obsessed about it. Like it was it was an obsession. Everything I did was was Nietzsche gear. Everything I thought about was Nietzsche gear. 2 a.m. was Nietzsche gear. You know, 8 a.m. was Nietzsche gear. I, I was always thinking about it. And, and trying to find ways to add value and to grow the business. So, so those two things right there were the, were the biggest things combined with uh, having having mentors, whether I could find them online, I would watch their videos, their YouTube channels, um, I would buy their books, and um, and then I had to eliminate my some of the people in my circle, my friends. So I had to I had to strengthen the people around my network, which was the, probably the hardest part for me because. Um, I was always used to having a big circle of friends around me, and I had to learn to become more independent and work by myself and uh, more consistently by myself, and that meant I had to let go of some friends and let go of some relationships and so on. So um, those are just a few that I can think off the top of my head here, Steve. Sure. That's a, that's a journey that a lot of folks that uh, start a, a movement or a business uh, go through, and uh, that's pretty insightful uh, letting go of people. You tend to yeah. rise to, or there's a stat that you rise to the, uh, basically the uh, the medium of your uh, five most influential people in your life, and so right. be careful who you let influence you, uh, because that's where you'll rise to. Yeah. You have, and your organization, uh, have won a lot of awards. It's it's a long, long list. I'm curious, what has been the impact of all these awards to you and to your organization? Well, when we first started, um, I, I wanted I wanted to be I wanted Nietzsche Gear to be on a level like everyone else. So I knew that we had to throw in our, our our business name into as many awards within our first two years when we started. So uh, we would we would apply for all these different awards. We a lot of the, a lot of the awards we didn't even win. We would get nominated and. Um, the first year was basically all of list, a list of nominations. And then the second year when I was all in, um, things were, were happening. And along with, I find I found that along with the hard work and, and the results of the hard work came the, the bonuses of winning some awards, you know, like the, the, the Saskatchewan Chamber Awards, um, the, the SIPE Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Those kind of things were, were kind of like the bonuses for us that, that allowed us to not only give myself confidence to keep going because it's very lonely as an entrepreneur. You know, it's it's very. There's times when you're like, why why is this happening? Why am I? Why is why isn't this working for me? So when you get an award, it's like a it's like an in, extra uh, instilled confidence in you that you're on the right path. So for that was probably the biggest reason um, we were fortunate to get that because it gave us confidence to keep going. And uh, and like I said, entrepreneurship is a lonely road. I was I was a solopreneur for for many years. You know, it was only this past year where I actually brought in partners this year to uh, to help with any Gear brand. So up until the last six years, I was working by myself. You know, I had a few, I had some staff that was that would eventually worked for me, but for for many years it was very lonely. So uh, those awards helped give us that credibility in the marketplace across Canada and around the world that said this is a legit business and um, they're on the right track. Sure. Yeah, I have been. Uh, part of that decision-making process to apply for awards, and there's uh, various factors that make you want to apply. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is uh, credibility. Uh, the other reason I support uh, applying for certain types of awards, because some of them can be just uh, platitudes or, or vanity metrics, but uh, there are a lot that uh, really show um, 
to your team and to external stakeholders uh, that yeah. you are who you say you are and that right. they have the belief to take the organization higher? Yeah, a, a lot of these you actually have to give your financials. You have to give uh, lots of big background information. And eventually that led us to, uh, with all that information, we're like, hey, someone asked us from the Ivy School of Business, hey, Kendall, you know, we noticed that you're, you're, you're winning some awards. you mind if we do a case study on you? So we basically gave them what our application from an award Here's, our, here's our, our data, right? You can make a case study. So now that case study is being taught in all the Ivy School of Business uh, schools across around the world, I think, right now. Well, that's a, that's a pretty fun fact. You must feel good about yeah. that. It's pretty cool, yeah. You're headed in a new direction. You're mm -hmm. interviewing people. You're speaking. You're serving on boards, coaching, I imagine. Yeah. How did this come about, and what has been the, some of the successes, wins, challenges? lessons well I think I think any anyone whether minority or especially First Nation right now in this country when you hit a certain point of success you have to try to give back some of that so the way that I grew up is, is and, and going through the things that I went through like you know you just know a tip of the iceberg of things that I had to go through but there is many times where I want to quit there's many times I never thought I'd, I'd make it um, and, and things like that so I try to just be that role model now to those kind of people that were once that I was once like, you know, that that I was I was once going through those situations. And there's a lot of kids that are that are out there, youth that are are lost. Um, so I try to be that role model by, uh, you know, being on these boards that I you know I just I just I just expired my SAS chamber um, uh, board seat, which I was on for two years. I'm currently on the Street board here in Saskatoon for another year. Um, and I've been doing, you know, I launched the NetMaker Academy where I have an academy for entrepreneurs and professionals where they can subscribe to my video trainings. They're part of exclusive community. They get group coaching from me, done a ton of other perks. And uh, we're actually doing a, a, a big launch here this fall as well with that. So lots of cool things, one-on-one -on -one coaching, speaking, that, um, that hopefully will take us to the next level. We'll see. Well, that's, that's interesting. And it is uh, another income stream to uh, supplement what you're doing. So yep. now your business has become a base uh, for a whole other practice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about you. Do you have any daily rituals that keep you focused? And then where do you rejuvenate from? Where do you get your drive? Where, which, which well do you go to? Um, let's see some uh, some daily practices. Every day, I try to at least listen or read for at least half an hour. Um, I would most of the time when I'm driving to work or if I'm driving to get something done or, or, I'm, or if I'm leaving the city, if I'm in the airport um, <clears throat> on the road for several hours, I'm listening to an audio audio program. Um, and those are you tend tend to be uh, audio seminars that were taped live by people like Zig Ziglar. Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Bob Proctor, all those kind of guys that uh, I want to learn information from. So that's what I do when I'm on the go. Um, the only time I really listen to music if, is if I'm if I'm working out. That's it, right? So uh, aside from putting what, the good stuff into my mind, um, I'm usually I'm usually on the treadmill or, or doing some workouts four times a week, roughly. So. Um, some people are early birds. I, I like to work out in the evening for now. You know, that's just my that works. That's what works for me. Um, if I could, if I was waking up at four, five a.m., I'd work out in the morning, but I'm not yet. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see what happens. But those two things are I find are key to to, to me. Just, just being positive. You know, when when you work out, you feel good. Uh, when you when you put yourself in your mind, you, you start to think better. So I I only started to to 
I only discovered personal development and started really hardcore applying it since uh, 2014. In 2014, I was at a speaking engagement, and at the end of my, my talk, uh, this guy from the back of the room had a sticky note in the back of his in his hand, and he gave it to me at the end of that that talk. And he said, Kendall, I want you to YouTube this. And on that sticky note was a little scribble on there. I couldn't read it yet. So he's like, I want you to YouTube this. So at that, two months later was uh, Christmas and I had two weeks off. So I was just, you know, hanging out with my family. And uh, that sticky note was on my monitor. So I, I YouTube this sticky note and said, Les Brown, you deserve. And uh, I didn't realize that I just YouTubed the, the greatest motivational speaker ever. And and I was hooked, you know, I was hooked from uh, listening to Les Brown first. And I, I eventually branched out to different places. Then I started to attend, uh, uh, I started buying online courses, online trainings, uh, uh, Brian Tracy trainings. I started to attend massive events. Uh, I went to an event shortly after that where um, Tony Robbins was speaking, Les Brown, uh, Bob Proctor, Dean Graziosi, Joe Polish, all those kind of guys were speaking. It was pretty awesome. Um, and I just kept learning. And then I started to buy lots of books, and I bought more books, and I started buying more books. Now I'm reading, you know, four to four to six books a month, just little things like that that I found really, you know, once I started to expand my mind and I started to be open to this information, I started to grow through my business life, my personal life. Uh, everything started to grow. So that was the secret was was what what I put into my mind. Yeah, that's a common thing when you uh, you look at uh, leaders. Uh, leaders are readers, and uh, there's a thing floating around the internet right now that uh, you know the top CEOs read 60, uh, 60 books a year yep. I mean I'm a, a I consume books uh, and flip through books like people flip through channels on yep. uh, on uh, TV and uh, but I, I think 60 is a bit of a tall tale even uh, that's tough yeah <laughs> that's a that's a dedicated chunk of time to read and, and I, I read probably an hour a day minimum nice. and I can't get through 60 maybe I'm just slow I'm not sure what uh, what keeps you up at night? Like, do you have anything that worries you or that obsesses you now that you just, okay, this is it, the next burning uh, thing. I'm so excited. Uh, it used to be worry. I'll tell you that. It used to be sure. a lot of worry. Um, I, I used to be wondering if my staff was going to show up. It used to be how am I going to manage this business by myself? You know, it used to be all those worries. Then I, like, when I did the flip, when I decided that I was going to speak more, when I was going to consult, do, do some coaching, create the academy, that, that worry became... Now I'm up at night because I'm excited to create this new content. I'm excited to help this person. I'm excited to to uh, see what this person has in store tomorrow. You know, it became an excitement uh, as opposed to a worry. And, I, I, and I, I credit a lot of that to to not only working on myself, but also making a new decision for myself that I was going to start serving people through my business um, in a better way that, that, that helps me to stay positive, to, 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 to look forward to every day. As opposed to that worry and lifestyle that I used to lead, and a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs go through that. They 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 start a business based on other people's wants and needs, and they forget their own wants and needs that that make them human. So I forgot that for many years for for what you know what used to make me tick, what used to make me happy, and uh, I put myself on the back burner, and uh, I started to to you know eat unhealthy. I used to be on the road all the time, um, you know this this just things like that were. It wasn't making me happy, and I started. To, I, I I would fall into mild depressions uh, because I didn't know how to to deal with myself or deal with my business, and it was just, you know, uh, as part of the reason why I'm starting to get white hairs all over the place here. I don't know, Steve, but uh, that like you know, like a lot of people go through that. But I I made a decision that you know, you know I'm 30 years old now. I'm I'm going to start doing things that 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 matter to me. 
um, and my business is going to follow that. It's not going to be my business, then candle's going to be candle, then my business is going to follow candle. That's pretty profound that you have come to this uh, conclusion that uh, in order to serve others, you have to serve yourself. Yep, exactly. Good for you. All right, you said you made the uh, the switch or the flip, I think is what you called it, uh, to speaking. Yep. And uh, coaching and serving on boards. So what's next? Just keep improving, man. Just, you know, uh, right now I'm happy with how things are going. I'm, I'm just going to keep, you know, my academy has um, a couple dozen people on it, 20, almost 30 people on it now. So I'm going to get that to 1,000 people, 1,000 users. Um, and hopefully just keep growing it. You know, I want to bring, you know, multi-million entrepreneurs, award-winning entrepreneurs onto the academy to help teach with me because um, I believe that if, if I can create, you know, one of the top platforms out there that can help serve entrepreneurs and professionals to, you know, who really are driven. You know, that's my shirt right now says driven, right? Because that's that's my whole motto is, is everything I do is because I'm driven, you know, and I think a lot of there's many people out there, including yourself, Steve, who are driven and, you um, are just you know sometimes it just takes finding that community and if you can't find them in person I've created one online so that's what I'm creating right now well that's pretty cool stuff well I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to chat with uh, with me for this podcast and uh, you know looking forward to seeing uh, what's happening in the future thanks Steve